Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally, not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. You're listening to Freedom Forum Radio. We pick up where we left off last week in our interview with Matt Bracken. Well, you know, as you said in some of the commentary in your book and before and after your book, gun ownership in this country is like a lake. It's below the surface, but it nevertheless is there. Right. It's a, it's a, it's very it's very broad. It's 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 it exists at every level in this society, city, country, everywhere. And if there came a time when when citizens were being rounded up for political reasons, it would be just too dangerous to be a federal agent, period. I'm sorry. There just aren't enough of them. I think there, the number of what they used to call active IRA in Northern Ireland during the Troubles in the you know 70s and 80s, the number of active IRA at any one time was a couple of hundred. That's in a part of Ireland, Ulster, uh, that's the size of like a, you know, a small New England state. And it tied down British divisions, divisions, to maintain order in that country versus a few hundred IRA armed with pistols and, you know, rifles and, of course, explosives. It, my point being that it's absolutely stupid to think that a tyrannical federal government could successfully, successfully, they might try, but successfully crack down on a country where there are literally millions of former military, including I would guess tens and tens of thousands of formal, former special operators that have weapons that are practically the equivalent to what they would have had in the military. And compare that to Northern Ireland and a few hundred IRA with revolvers and, you know, and uh, a couple Armalites here and there. I mean, imagine this country rising up against the federal government. It, it's the fear of that uprise, I think, is what causes them to go slow and nibble, nibble away at us like, you know, uh, uh, like piranhas just nibbling at the edges where we can't stop them. They never stop. They, they, they have the goal. They totally believe that it's their, it's their purpose in life to impose socialism on us for our own good. We're just too stupid and backward to understand what's best for us. And they've got to find out a way to disarm us. And in order to do that, they have to brainwash most Americans into just hating the concept of private firearms ownership. But I think it's an uphill battle for them. Well, you know, in terms of history, it was only 3% of this country that fought successfully in the Revolutionary War. They're the 3 percenters who actually did the rising up and the fighting. And that really uh, confirms your point. 
is that we have in this country over 120, 130 million gun owners, each with multiple weapons. And that really forms a substantial militia. Not organized, but nevertheless, when you add in the fact that most of those have adequate training or more than adequate training, it is a, it is a very competent force to protect the Constitution and the rule of law. If, if there's a instinct, if there's a, a triggering event that causes a rupture, you know, some sort of a Fort Sumter, and well, the, even that, though there wouldn't be lines of division, there would be social and cultural lines of division, uh, well, urban versus rural, things like that. But I, I think that we're the way that we're being. It's like we're being nibbled by quail that are just, just so tiny, but the nibbles are irreversible. It all seems to go in one way. Some people call it the ratchet effect. And eventually we wind up losing our freedom voluntarily. For example, you know, the idea that people would carry a tracker device around on them that could also be a microphone for any, anybody that's got the capability, either as a government agent or a hacker, can listen to what you're saying, see what your camera is seeing, and know where you are at all times. And people will actually pay money to have this thing on, in their pocket at all times. So, yeah, that, so we we might lose freedom because we don't want it. That's one way it can play out. Well, but no, no matter what happens, if if there started to be political arrests, the black the backlash would be just so severe that I think that that keeps the federal agents in check somewhat. I mean, I, I think we saw a little bit of that out at the uh, the ranch uh, last year at the um, uh, the Bundy Ranch, the Bundy Ranch. Yeah, yeah, they, they were ready to go in hard, but I think that they weren't wanting uh, Black Hawk Down to happen right then. You know, an American Black Hawk Down. Uh, no doubt they'd prevail, but it would be a bloodbath, on you know, televised bloodbath, because there are shooters on both sides. And a lot of the shooters that used to shoot for one team shoot for the other team now. And all those weapons out there, you know, never mind the uh, so-called assault rifles, just think about the the um, scoped deer rifles, you know, I, I kind of separated out the 400-yard rifles and better. You know, think of how many millions of 400-yard rifles there are out in the world today. Millions in the, in the United States, literally millions of 400-yard rifles. Well, it's impossible, it's impossible to protect all of the VIPs, the federal VIPs, the senior executive service. It's impossible to protect them all if this country rose up against them. You know, if there was a determination that we were being ruled by out-and-out -out tyrants, you couldn't protect them, and then the federal government would shut down because they'd have to go into, into hiding on military bases. They literally would not be able to go shopping or go to work. I wrote about that in a short story called What I Saw at the Coup um, about a year ago. I recommend folks read that. They can just you know, Google it on the Internet and read it, What I Saw at the Coup which starts with a, a um, electronic, uh, electronically-based decapitation strike against the, uh, you know, the freedom movement using the smokescreen of a war with Iran you know, under the cover of a breakdown in the uh, grid and the Internet. Uh, enemies of the state are removed permanently. But when the people figure out what happened after the smoke clears and the Internet begins to come back up and 
there's, for example, there's no more Rush Limbaugh or a lot of more people like him anymore, people get the idea that the game is on and start shooting one at a time. And I don't care how much social network analysis is done. I don't care how brilliant they are or they think they are. If one man makes a decision on one night to take one rifle out you know, to a target he's already registered, there's no way they can stop that. And this isn't like something that requires a team of logisticians to uh, create a device. We're talking about one man with one rifle, one night. I mean, you could not rule this country against the will of those people. You couldn't. I don't think you could. That is really the concept of the lone wolf patriot. That's what that concept is. And I think you're absolutely right about that. Well, I hope it never comes to that. You know, I hope that the, um, you know, the kids in the fusion centers, you know, understand the stakes that they're playing for. You know, that at the end, at the, uh, end of World War II, there were trials and... The idea that you could just say, hey, look, I was following an order, that doesn't cut it. A lot of Nazis were hanged whose defense was I was just following orders. And it certainly won't cut it in our case. It, at least the Nazis had the excuse that they had, that they had actually taken a Fuhrer oath, an oath personally to Adolf Hitler. So that when they said I was following orders, they could say, hey, look, I already swore to, the, you know, to, to uh, be loyal to a, t- a tyrant. And it still didn't save them from the noose. In this country, all of the federal law enforcement agents have taken a version of the same oath to defend the Constitution, not the dear leader president, the Constitution from all enemies, foreign and domestic. And if they are now going to do as they obviously did, Fast and Furious is very problematic. They knew those weapons were going into Mexico for a long time. And at the same time, Holder, Hillary Clinton at the State Department, and Obama were spreading the false narrative, the false meme, that 90% of the guns found in Mexican crime scenes came from America. That's what Obama called gun control under the radar. And, I mean, it's a shame. It shows how far down the path we've gone away from freedom towards tyranny already that the co-opted media has already forgotten Operation Fast and Furious. Imagine 300 Mexicans murdered on purpose. That was the intention of Operation Fast and Furious. Rack up a body count in Mexico, blame it on American guns, go after the Second Amendment. Well, listen, and it's never been explored. We have to take a quick commercial break here on Freedom Forum Radio. More with our conversation with Matt Bracken right after this. Well, don't you think that what you're talking about now is our primary danger is we don't have an independent media. You know, when the founders wrote the First Amendment and gave freedom of the press, there was an obligation attached to that. And the obligation was, yes, press, media, you have freedom to report, to say, to say all these things. But the obligation is to tell the truth, to be objective and to make sure that you're telling all sides equally so that people can make up their mind. We don't well, have that. What, what the media has become is, is almost, it, it almost doesn't matter what factual news comes out. I think that Hillary Clinton could come out tomorrow and say, so, so what the F, who cares? 
I just took my server out in the backyard and burned it. Okay? Screw you all. She could do that, and the media would say, well, gosh, she had to protect her privacy. You know, and most Americans, what Rush calls the low-information voters, wouldn't care. And they probably wouldn't even hear about the story, just like they didn't hear about Operation Fast and Furious. Or that they think that Benghazi is some Republican attempt to, you know, to smear our dear leader for something he didn't do. You know, when you have a hundred channels of television streaming into people's consciousness 24 hours a day, everybody gets to pick their own poison. You don't have to be a news junkie like you and I are. Most Americans aren't. I remember last week when the Netanyahu and, and uh, uh, Obama uh, you know, fight was being played out, they actually polled Americans, man on the street or telephone polls, you know, do you support uh, the, the talk by Prime Minister Netanyahu? Now, you and I both know from like Leno, uh, Jay Leno walking around or other shows where they walk around and talk to people. Jay walking. Yeah, Jay, three quarters of the people polled. If you first said, who is Benjamin Netanyahu? Most of them would say, I have no idea. Does he play for the Lakers? <laughs> is he a you know, musician? Is that a rock band? And our, so our decisions, the course of our country is being made when most Americans don't even know the issues that are really at play. They get spoon-fed, you know, the, 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 uh, the American Pravda line, and they believe it. You know, most Americans can tell you, you know, what Kim Kardashian had for breakfast, but they don't, they don't know anything that we're talking about here. They could have a constitutional convention, and most Americans wouldn't even hear about it. Or if they did, whatever the mainstream media wanted them to believe, that's what they would believe. If it was a conservative uh, uh, constitutionalist Article 5 convention, they'd paint it as, you know, white, old, decaying, decrepit, racist, Tea Party uh, extremists are trying to do some kind of a joke of a so-called convention to pull down our dear, beloved president. Or if it was a million-man march and the convention was going to give us a new Marxist-Communist constitution, they would say, absolutely, this is valid, this is the new constitution, and you must obey it. So, yeah, we're, we're kind of in a bad position when most people can't get the news. But here's the thing. A minority of us can get the news. You know, since Drudge and, and the blog revolution, there are millions of reporters out there doing their own reporting using search engines. So there are a percentage of people that do understand the dire state that we're in and would fight if they saw certain things occur. Now, they, of course, they'd be called terrorists in the media. I mean, if, even if the country went full Gestapo... You know, in, in Germany, the Gestapo called partisans terrorists. They didn't say, we found a nest of, you know, Jewish partisans. They called them terrorists. And, you know, make no mistake about it, that's what anybody resisting tyranny in this country will be called. But, you know, that, that's, the, that's the world we live in. That's the world we live in. So, again, to reiterate, 
we are kind of at the mercy of not having a truly free press that most people listen to. And if we did, then we might have an an electorate or a population that was more in touch, more in tune with the truth, uh, but they just can't get it from the sources that most people listen to. Just look at the, the flap with the Hillary Clinton emails. You and I are old enough to remember Nixon, the third rate burglary, nobody was injured, nobody was killed. Nixon resigned, the big smoking gun, the key piece of witness, or key piece of evidence, was the 18 and a half minute missing gap on years and years of Oval Office audio recordings. Absolutely. Because there was 18 minutes that they didn't have, you could, the, the main, the, the liberal media was free to suppose the worst possible thing that could be in that 18 minutes and make that, you know, the, the, the basis for driving Nixon out of office. Hillary Clinton created her own private server so that she could delete and hide emails. Valerie Jarrett said today she never got an email from Secretary of State Clinton. They must be very confident about their Blackberries. They must be very confident to make a statement like that. But the media doesn't care. I mean, 18 and a half minutes out of years of audio tape, Nixon is gone. Hillary Clinton is taking contributions slash bribes from Gulf oil states and private individuals, billionaires overseas, which I can only interpret as bribery for future services to be rendered by a future President Obama. You know, they're, they're, they're just staking a claim on her loyalty to their contribution in the future. All those emails, she says they don't exist. Yeah. No, I'll tell you which emails you can see. And the media is fine with that. They send 55,000 pages of spam email, and maybe they just sent over their spam account. But you know that nothing incriminating has been sent to the State Department. Why isn't the FBI in Chappaqua seizing that server yesterday or months ago? Well, that's Why a- is Hillary Clinton still in physical control of that server? Well, you're, you've absolutely hit the nail on the head. And, you know, you bring up the Nixon tapes. I remember to this day the picture of Rosemary Woods, I think her name was, stretching out with one yes. one foot on the pedal, one foot, uh, one hand on, on the phone, and another hand. She looked like she was doing a spread eagle exercise of some kind to show. That became, the, the, that became the, the image, the picture. That was the physical illustration of the dastardly deed of the 18-minute gap. Right. And Nixon had to resign. I mean, the, the Washington Post and New York Times, this is even before the 24-hour news cycle. I remember it. I was in high school then. I was working construction the summer of, uh, of the Watergate hearings you know, outside on a big construction site. Everybody was listening. They had to actually preempt all the network channels. It's hard for young people to remember or understand those days, but they had to preempt the soap operas all summer on ABC, CNN, NBC. Imagine if there was only seven or eight channels in your city, and five of them switched to covering Watergate hearings all day, every day. Imagine if the same media had done that for Fast and Furious, where 300 uh, Mexicans were murdered on purpose. Imagine if if Daryl Issa's committee hearings were being carried around the clock on every channel. 
Obama would have been gone long ago. But I think when they got away with Fast and Furious, they knew the coast was clear. If you can get away with murdering hundreds of Mexicans on purpose, that's the plan. And you're not going to be called for it by the media. Well, then it's it's wide open. The IRS can target conservatives. Just go down the list. That's all our time this week for Freedom Forum Radio. More with Matt Bracken next week. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. I get joy in everything. Everything. Everything, everything gonna be all right this morning.